RadioInfluence.com. that I never thought in a million years would happen, happen. The champion, the challenger, here we go! This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. Welcome back into another edition of the MMA Report podcast. I am Jason Floyd. It's the interview edition of the show as I've got a pair of fire interviews come up here on this episode of the podcast. Do want to apologize for not getting a midweek edition of the show out uh, last week as uh, some things kind of happened in my world that uh, didn't allow me to be able to record with Dale. But myself and Dale, we will be back on Wednesday for the midweek edition of the show. But I mentioned about it, I got a pair of fire interviews here on this episode of the podcast. The first interview you're going to hear is with a man that has decided to call it a career in mixed martial arts not calling it a career in combat sports just calling it a career in mixed martial arts and that is ufc veteran comma worthy who is coming off a decision victory at 247 fc back on october the 22nd so i spoke to comma about his decision on why he decided to walk away from mma what could be next for him and so much more and then you're going to hear from one of the men that's going to be fighting for the bantamweight title at lights out championship nine on november the 12th joe pinnifel joins me to speak about his matchup coming up here in the main event of that fight car course as always appreciate taking time out of your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast. Of course, it's a great way to show your support for podcast rating, review, subscribe, like, follow, share, all those types of things. I really does appreciate. I uh, truly do appreciate that a ton. So let's get right into the interviews. Up first, we'll hear my conversation with Kama, and then you'll hear my conversation with Joe. Kama, as always, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, congratulations on the victory. And uh, you... I, I was asking your management. I said, I was like, hey, did, did Kama let people know this was going to be the last MMA matchup? Was was this something? I, I know I watched another interview you did, and the one thing that stuck out to me about what you said in the interview was you were talking about your body. And I remember uh, having a conversation with an NFL player years ago, and we, we were sitting down, we were kind of talking about it. We were we, like, sports center was on, and, and someone was retiring. And, and I said to him, I was, I was like, when would you know? And he said, my body's going to tell me when, when it's time for me to go. Yeah. So so was there like, was there something over the last six months, 12 months that you started kind of realizing like uh, the end's coming? No, it's kind of been like over the last two years. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like when, once you get for for 155, like because you that, that's a weird division. You have to be very strong and very athletic and like your weight cut has to be right. Everything just has to be right. That's a very dumb. That's a very like, like. Uh, dangerous weight class to be like the average person at 155 is like 23 or something. You know what I mean? Like as in heavyweight, you know, the average heavyweight is like fucking 39 or some shit. You know what I mean? It's different, but you have to be like, everything has to be lining up right to fight at 155. And I didn't want to like lie to myself, you know what I'm mean? like, Oh, I can, I mean, I can, I mean, I spar with younger guys. I, I, I get get the best of almost most of the younger guys I spar with no problem. But it's the fight. The fight camps are what take it out of you. The camps take it out of you. The camps take it out of you. And that's that's it's grueling. So people who listen to my show know I don't believe the R word. 
in combat sports. I don't believe it. And, but, but the thing I did notice is you said retirement from MMA. You didn't say, yeah. hey, I'm no. retired from combat sports. No, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm retired from doing MMA. Like I'll probably have a boxing match lined up sometime like early next year. Like I want to do so. My, my, so I, I like striking. Like I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I consider myself to be a world class striker. And I want to continue on my journey of learning. It's just when you do MMA, like you can only do so much limited things when it comes to striking because you have to involve grappling because grappling, once you start grappling, it changes everything. Like you can't be in your door and fucking rolling thunder and shit when a motherfucker can get on top of you and start pounding your face and after you miss the rolling thunder, you land it. You know what I mean? So there's limits and stuff when it comes to MMA um, as far as your striking just because of the grappling aspect. But um, no, I'm, I'm going to do some kickboxing, going to do some... Uh, do some boxing and stuff and just just like keep progressing myself with that because like, some people like you know i'm out here in pa in pennsylvania and you know how big wrestling is out here there's fucking there's a black belt and a d1 wrestler at every fucking corner store and shit and they're all yeah yeah so now you can start doing jiu-jitsu tournaments i'm like dude i'm never competitively grappling again in my life <laughs> i'm like no i might do one jiu-jitsu tournament with a couple of my students and besides that I'm like, no, I'm never competitive. I hate, I, I don't, like, I like grappling, but I don't like to do it competitive. Like, I hate, I don't like, I don't, I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. No more, no more grappling for me. Now, are we talking traditional boxing or are you open to bare knuckle? Because obviously we've seen a lot of MMA fighters go that yeah, route. Yeah, I ain't built for bare knuckle. <laughs> I'm just not, I'm like, I tell them, like, yo, I'm too much of a bitch for bare knuckle, man. Like, like you watch the bare knuckle fights and like, I'm just sitting there like, Nah, man, that's just ain't me, cat. I'm like, uh-uh, like, like win, win a bare knuckle fight, your hands are smashed. Lose a bare knuckle fight, your hands are smashed and your face is smashed. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm cool, man. I don't need no bare knuckle. I'm cool with that. I got my one, my my buddies here in Pittsburgh, Rocky. He does bare knuckle, and I'm like, no, he's like, I call him the last titan. He's like, he has like seventy pro MMA fights and stuff. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I don't need no fucking bare knuckle. I'm okay with that shit. I mean, it would have to be a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. <laughs> and look, as, as they say, money talks. Money talks. Yeah, money talks. Like, that's the aspect of money fucking talks, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I... Like, yeah, I'm not, give me... You know, my, my thing about it, I've gone to a bare knuckle event, and I remember someone had told me, like, hey, Jay, you got to go. You love boxing. You, you'll love this. And my, my big takeaway from it was this, is I don't know if I call it boxing. And and the right. reason I say that is you just don't see a lot of work to the body. It, it's a lot of just headshots. And, and that's, what's, that's what scares me. I'm like, I would not have wanted to hit my, or like someone block it like this and I punched their elbow. Oh my God. Like, nope. I'm like, I'm okay, man. I'm cool with that. Nah, nope. And it's just, it's like, there's no way around it. Like you're going to hit something hard. You hit their face, you're hitting a bone. Like, I'm like, nah. I can't. I, I ain't built for that. Unless it's a lot of money. Bare knuckle people, you build up a lot of money. I might do it. You're not. Don't be. Don't be hitting I, me up for ten grand. I'm like, hey, there's ten grand. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. There's better ways to make money than that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard there's there's some good money being thrown around. Which I mean, look, hey, it's, I, it's, I, yeah, it's, I heard there's like real good money going around for that. So, so cost the right. Since you knew this was going to be the last MMA fight, what was was the the mind frame any different? as opposed to previous fights? Yeah, it was weird. Um, so I, I, I had like gone back and forth. So this is my thing, right? I'm like, 
I just turned 36. Now you have to be real. Like, like I always tell people, like toxic masculinity is, is the worst. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, oh, I can do it. No, the fuck you can. Like, you have to be realistic. If you're 36, like, you have to be realistic about where you're at and what 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 um path and everything you've taken and stuff to get you where you're at. So I'm like, uh, I'm 36. Um, but when I me making to the UFC itself was by the hair off my chest. Like, you know what I mean? I was barely, I never, I didn't think I was going to make it to the UFC. Once I turned like 32, I was like, okay, well, I'm not making it to the UFC because they don't really take people past. Like, what did Dana White say? He doesn't take people past, what, 31 or something, right? He doesn't, they don't look uh, for people like, like Yeah, so it's, it's like, like you got yeah. short, short, short notice or some shit like that, right? So my thing was, I was just like, all right, so I made it to the UFC, I'm out, and I was like, okay, what I, what I, I, so even I was done with UFC, after I got cut by UFC, I was thinking, all right, so maybe I should just call it quits. So I'm like, I did good. So now I'm like, okay, I'll do one more run. And like things, like I did it, and I, and I, the body just didn't want, it was just, I don't know if I was as hungry, if I wanted it as bad, you know what I mean? Like when I was younger, I would just push my body until my body shut the fuck up. And now I'm sitting like, nah, man, like me and my body are on the same team. And the fighter me is like, hey, what's up? We all like, yo, you need to fucking chill because you're trying to break us. But um, no, I mean, it was just the past, like really the past like two years has just been, just been like thinking about wanting, like, do I really want to still do it? And I know, like I tell my students all the time, if you have to think about whether or not you want to be a fighter. You don't want to be a fighter. If you're already a fighter, you're like thinking about retirement. You should have retired like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I know that. So I, I know. I mean, I definitely still wanted to do other stuff. But like with MMA, I was just kept thinking like if I wanted to do it, if I wanted to do it. And like I don't. I mean, I went out in my hometown. It was weird because there's a lot of people that couldn't come. Like it was just a weird thing. Like I mean, like there's like 40 or 50 people that just couldn't make it to the fight just because circumstances. And then once they found out I retired, they're like, what the fuck? I was like, I know. Like, I didn't want to put it out there, though. I wanted it. Like, even my fiance, she didn't know. Like, everybody was just like, you watch the video, the crowd, everyone's kind of like quiet. Like, you being serious? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm, like I said, like, I, I've, I've achieved a great, a great achievement making it to the UFC, winning, doing what I'm doing, fighting at the highest level. It just me making it there in itself is, is a, is a, like a one up in the Super Mario games. Well, I'm, I'm cool with that. How many people knew you were going to retire? My four year old daughter. That's it. I didn't tell anyone else. I didn't tell my coaches. I didn't tell anyone. Did you- like there were certain people that they, they they said like they could tell about certain things I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like I was very I was very sentimental this entire camp. Like it was different. My thought process was different, and I wanted to make sure I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to have pressure. I didn't want any of that. Cause like I, I was like for me personally, like the way I made it to the UFC and coming from Pittsburgh, and there's not like really there's only been two other guys to ever make it to the UFC out of Pittsburgh. So like I've had a lot of pressure, like always, like all of my fights. So like basically, like since I went back up to my last nine, ten fights, since I went back up to 155, there's just been every every fight camp, there's just been like an abundant amount of pressure. Cause like you can't lose again. You can't, and then once I started to win, it's like, okay, now you're close to UFC. You definitely can't fucking lose. There's pressure, pressure, pressure. Then you get to the UFC, and it's like, oh, motherfucker, now you definitely, like, it is just pressure, pressure. So I haven't really enjoyed, and that's the sucky thing. I wish I would have really enjoyed the process. And it sucks because, like, my whole career in the UFC was all COVID. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, I had one event with fans, and the rest of it was all that post-apocalyptic shit. Like, we're locked up in the hotel and shit, you know what I mean? They're fucking testing us fucking every morning and shit. So, it, it, it's not my, my, I have a, I had a very unique, like, unique UFC career and stuff, you know? So, I'm like, I'll just, I, I'll take it for what it is and run with it. Look, I, I work for NFL Teams Radio Broadcast. I've been doing this for 19 years. For people who only did it during the COVID years, they don't understand what life was like prior to COVID <laughs> and everything that we had, everything that we had to do, you know, part of, of the protocols. Like it was just, it was different. It, it was just, it, it was a different, different way. And like, like I've had guys talk about, they'll, they'll talk about, Hey, fighting the apex. They go like, sometimes you just feel like you're just, you're just kind of in the gym and you're having a sanctioned fight. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's definitely not the same it, it's different and and like especially coming out of my first fight it was so big i was out in california it was just such a, and i like that's the one i want to regret because i try not to regret, regret anything but that's the one thing i wish i would have got at least one more like big fight with like the crowd just so i can just feel that energy and stuff but i did my final fight here was pretty it was pretty nice at a casino and stuff so it's pretty cool so I'll, I'll take what i get you know, you mentioned in your Instagram post, talk about retirement, where you said, you know, from February 21st, 20, uh, 2009 to October 22nd, 2022, we gave you everything we had. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Just remember anything is possible. All you have to do is work for it. The part where you say, just remember anything is possible. I feel like that is a line that you're, you're missing on the daily inside the Academy. Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I, I tell people that all the time, like it's just, you get you just have to keep because like 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 my, I have a good friend um you you know Mark Mark Jericho yeah you know Mark so I mean like and he's he's always he's always just like dude like the simple fact that you even just made it simply because you just refuse to like stop like you refuse to listen to people telling you that you weren't going to do it and stuff like so it's 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 I I think I'm living proof on like you know no matter what if you, even if you don't have the hype because in Pittsburgh I never really had all the you know, like now you can say I do, like I kind of do, but like before that, like people weren't really like all that high on me. My my people that were high on me were my people and stuff, but like there was never a thought like, oh, I remember they did like a whole prospects to come out of Pittsburgh and stuff. I don't think I was ever on that list, like supposedly going to go to the UFC or next level fighters or something like that. So, you know, I just I just kept my nose down and kept pushing forward. So let's say we're we're ten fifteen years from now, and, and your daughter comes to you and says, Dad. What's that one fight that's the most memorable night for you? What, what do you say it is? It is the Brady Hovermail fight. So I just brought the gym from, from Mark and it got flooded. And during my fight camp, gym gets flooded, can't train. You have to do all this stuff. It's ridiculous, nuts. And uh, Brady Hovermail had fought my boy, Justin Steve. He lost to him, he subbed him, and he fought Mark Cherico. Mark just being by decision. And it was like my main, it was a main event card. And uh, he was, he had just started training at Winkle John. He was making his post. Like, he's like, oh, I love it. You know, you're training a guy, find a guy from, it was my first guy finding from like a known gym and shit. And it was like down at the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. It was outdoors. It was hot. There was a lot of people. It was big. And I like beat the shit. I mean, like my fiance was pregnant. The gym, I need all this stuff. And I like, I was, I was just mentally exhausted. I was mentally and physically exhausted. I just had so much shit going on. I remember I told myself, I'm like, I'm like, if you're going to win this fight, you're really going to have to like 
really show whether or not you want to do this. And I went out there and like, I beat the shit out of this guy. He's a cool guy, but I beat the living shit out of this guy. It was like third round TKO, and it, it wasn't an easy fight because he wouldn't go away. It was a really, really hard fight. And that was really like my, that was kind of, for me mentally, one of my favorite and like defining moment fights. Cause that's when I kind of proved to myself that like, okay, I really do. I can push through adversity and like get past what's, what's needed to do in this career. Like as you think about all the, the fights that could have happened, maybe there was some talk of it. Is there one fight that never happened that you wish would have happened? I wish I fight Brock Weaver or Brock Weaver. Cause we kept okay. talking about it over and over again. I, I, I wish that fight would have happened. I think that would have been a fun fight. And Brooke, he Brock's a cool guy. And I think that would have been a, I think that would have been a fun fight. So that's, that's definitely one of the fights that I, uh, I wish I, I wish I got, I, it's weird. So now you got me thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, damn, see, I wish I would have got to fight Michael Johnson. That would have probably been a fun fucking fight too. Cause like when the whole car got canceled and rebooted and all that stuff, we were supposed to go over there and fight him. So, but you know, I mean, like the the those the, besides those two fights, like I don't really like any other thing. I was really like looking forward to, like the Brock Weaver. I, I really was looking. For, I really wanted that fight. I think that would have been a, a really fun fight. But so, in terms of this life after mixed martial arts competition for you, what does life look like for you? Um. Yeah. I mean, like you know. So I, I was I was watching Uriah Hall's thing. He was talking about like the depression. Even though I'll say it's only been a week, so I don't know what the fuck. Like maybe next week I'll be sad as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was watching that and like, but I've I've always been a very very understanding person. Like I I understand. Like I'm, it's weird. Like my friends hate me. Like I'm really really blunt. Like I'm really like right to the point. I'm like okay. Like like even with death and everything. I'm like see. I I'm a firm believer. Like the my the way my like my brain operates is like things only happen the way they can the way they should have happened. There's no such thing as accidents or anything like that. So I'm really really stuck on that. So I mean like, I mean I was I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I cried a little bit. It was funny because like I put that little video together. And then I watched it and it was just like wow. That's I've put a lot into this. So it's very emotional. But um, I mean life after this, like I said, I want to continue my my um increasing my striking so I can become a better striker for this last little bit of time and a better coach as well. But, um, you know, just regular stuff, you know, driving around my sports car, like, <laughs> I don't know, teach classes and stuff, you know, do a little bit more private, do regular stuff. I don't know. It, it, let it you know, it, are, are people, are they surprised even since they still know that you're a fighter? Yeah. Cause it, it, I'm just a different. I'm not your stereotypical fighter guy. I don't know. I, I guess so. Like <laughs> I, I, I remember back in the day, uh, I was having this conversation with Benson Henderson, and we were talking about the perception versus realities of fighters. And and I was like, what What do you think is the biggest perception people have about? I said, where it's you or fighters in general. He's like. I'm highly educated. He goes, I've got a college education. And, you know, it's kind of like, like, do you think that stigma ever kind of goes away of the perceptions that people have about fighters? 
No, because people, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, we're different stuff. We're also fucking crazy because you fight for money. Like, you reg- no regular person is going to fucking fight for it. You can't be a regular person and go in there and fight another human being who's been thinking about killing you for fucking three months. That's not regular. But we still, we're, we can have that and other stuff. Like, like I mean, I'm in the art. I mean, I've done so much different stuff. I've played Congos. I mean, I'm in the mood. I'm in the film. Like, I'm, I, I'm into a whole bunch of different stuff. But I also enjoy beating people. So, yeah, I mean, like, like, like people always say, like, you're not a, steer, a typical fire. I'm like, that's because you probably don't know a lot of fighters. Now, yes, just the meathead, let me bang bros. You know what I mean? Like, like that, 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 there's mo- and there, but those are regular people. There's people like that that do other jobs, too. You know what I mean? Like, you ever been to a nightclub? There's a bunch of fucking assholes that probably work in corporate business, but you wouldn't think they're like that until you fucking saw them outwards, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, fighters are, are we're just different I mean, like most most fighters have families. Like I have families. I have three, four kids, and and stuff. So I mean, like you know, I mean, I, I guess you can. I mean, people always tell me they know I, I I'm some type of athlete because I'm like in and you like you could just I, I was actually shopping today. This older couple saw me, and they were like, "Do I know you? Are you some type of athlete?" It was funny as hell. <laughs> I mean, flat out. Like I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I don't want to get the case because I don't want to get punched in the face. Right. Like I just I don't I don't, and that's the right thought process. So in but, order for people to be like, want to get punched again, you gotta be a little bit off the off the off the deep end. First off, I have a big goddamn target up here. I got a big <laughs> dome. Like there is a high impact area here. Like I I just don't want to leave that exposed. <laughs> it's about uh, being honest. It's about being honest over here. Like I'm not tr- I'm not trying to get a black eye. You know, I mean when I was younger, I get some fights. Yeah. Because when you're kids, that's what you do. Like, we all, like, we can all remember as a kid that one fight we were in. Or your buddy was in a fight. Like, we, we all know it. We all remember it. So, it's, yeah, it's it's different, man. Fighters, like, I don't know, man. In this, like, I, I didn't, I, I've only been in two street fights my entire life. Really? Like, I don't, I don't fight in the street. Like, I'm a real... I'm a real anti. I'm an anti. Like, nah, dude, I ain't gonna fight you. I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm a pussy. Whatever. Like, you know, I'm mean, out away. Like, my friends, on the other hand, all my friends I grew up, um, that I came up with fighting, they motherfuckers be in a fight, stomping people. I'm pulling people, fighting. So I'm like the total opposite. Like, I don't like the fight. I like, comp- I like, like, the concept of someone's been really training and saying they can beat me. That makes me like, really? Uh-huh. Are you? That makes me want to do it. But in the street, you're just some drunk guy who's trying to like be an asshole. I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, what am I going to gain from breaking your jaw? So I, was, I was that part of your mo- was that part of your motivation? The fight game, like when when someone else signed the contract, were you like, this dude thinks he can beat me? Yeah, he thinks he can beat me. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, straight, like, I've, all, I've always felt somewhat insulted when someone took a fight. I'm like, oh, the only reason you take a fight is if you think you can beat the person. Yeah. That's the only reason why. And it pissed me off when people would take fight. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to prove you wrong. Did you feel like you needed that motivation? Yeah, because I'm not an angry person. Like, I, my friends always say, I remember I told my one friend I was fighting, she was like, you're going to lose because you don't get angry. Like, I don't get, like, I don't hold grudges. I don't hold, I, I just, I'm just, it takes too much fucking energy. Like, you know, like, like seriously, like, people, like, hold grudges and shit. I'm like, it takes so much energy to hold a grudge and like be mean or like be a badass. I'm like, nah, dude, I'd rather just chill, man. 
<laughs> I don't got time for that. So like people thought I would be a bad fighter, but like I had to like like now the fighter come on different. Like when I would train for fights and then I get in the fight camp, it would be completely different. Like just everyone that would train with me, they'd know, oh, you're in fight camp. Because it's completely, completely different than the regular come on just walks around. How does a friend say you're gonna get beat up? Like, are they supposed to have your back? <laughs> this is like before I ever started training or anything, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to, I want to be an MMA fighter." And they were like, "Get the fuck out of here, dude!" They're like, "Dude, you don't, you don't like to fight in the streets." I'm like, "No." And I like, they're like, "Dude, those guys are crazy. Like, they like to fight. Like, you know, it's again, it's the persona of what people think yeah. MMA fighters are. Like, those guys are crazy. Like, so, I mean, I get it. It is what it is." Well, that's awesome. Look forward to seeing whatever it is next for you in, in the combat sports industry. Come as always, man. I appreciate the time. Of course, uh, let me know any final social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Nah, man. Uh, just uh, thanks for, like I said, thanks again for everyone for all the support. And uh, I'll see you guys on the next journey and see where this goes from here. Joe, appreciate you coming on the show this week. Uh, of course, you got this big fight coming up here at Lights Out Championship 9, fighting for the Bantamweight title against Austin Bashy. It's been a little bit of uh, time since we've seen you there. I know you've had two canceled matchups. Uh, you had that win back in February. So what's been going on, man? You know what? It's been a long year, but um, I've stayed focused. I've been training the whole time. And no, no matter what, I've been uh, adding new tools and uh, new dimensions and new layers onto my game. So... Every every time I go out there, I, I try to give the crowd and the people and uh, the promotion like uh, the best bang for their buck. I'm going out there, and you're not going to see the same guy you saw last time. You're going to see a little bit, some new, you know, some, some new ruffles to the feathers, and uh, that's what I'm here for. I know we got to wait till November 12th to see what those new wrinkles are because you're not going to give away those wrinkles are. But like, as you think about where you were back in February as a martial artist and to where you're at now, like, is there something you see in your growth as a martial artist that sticks out the most to you? Um, what I try to do is really add more weapons and more, um, what I mean, layering stuff on top of there. I'm, I'm layering feints. I'm layering, I'm, I'm layering different movements and footwork and stance switches and attacks, and I'm also honing my my power on the on the different bags with uh, different attacks, different side attacks. Um, I'm ambidextrous for the most part, so I, I hit uh, pretty hard with my left and really hard with my right. Um, so um, that's what I, I basically do. Like I, I, I sit down and I look at stuff. I'm always doing jujitsu and I'm always wrestling. Thursdays are really fun. I get to help a little bit with the wrestling because some of the guys are a little bit um, a lot greener than me in the wrestling department. In terms of obviously, you have that amateur wrestling background. Was like, was, was there a moment like early on in your life where you kind of thought you would be going down the the combat sports route? Uh, let me think about that. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I used to have an illegal cable box. My family had a big house down in Kendall Homestead area in Miami, and we had a illegal cable box and. Um, I used to watch all the pay-per-views, all the, all the first uh, UFCs and all those like weird like super championship tournaments they used to have, and Ken Shamrock and a lot of Hoist Gracie and and Chemo and Tank Tank Abbott and 
different guys from the past that I used to always like and like to watch. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that like uh, I got into MMA. I think like I was just lost kinda. I didn't have anything to do, and I've always competed, and I always loved to to compete in one-on-one sports. And after wrestling was done, I found myself with like kind of like a void, and um, I filled it with. Uh, eventually, filled it with uh, MMA. I used to fill it with other things, but now I, I dedicate my time. Uh, if anyone gets to know me, I dedicate a lot of time to to my training and to MMA. Every day, I'm at the gym, basically sicker or bored or not wanting to go. I just always go with a good attitude. Uh, some days I, I, I work strength and conditioning. Some days I do different things, jujitsu, boxing, whatever it is, kickboxing. And uh, I get my work done and I enjoy every day of living life and being strong and being at my peak of my power, like being at the peak of my powers. You mentioned about having the power in both hands. Was there, was it a, a moment early on when you started training, when you realized the type of power you had? Um, not really. I, I got into a lot of street fights growing up, got a lot uh, into a lot of street fights when I was older due to a lot of like, uh, alcohol abuse and, and, um, not, like I said, this is right before fighting. I didn't even know how to throw a punch like, uh, correctly, but I used to throw these haymakers and fight guys and, and be drunk and, and do crazy shit around here, around the UCF area in the Orlando, uh, Orange County area. And, um, yeah, I just uh, let a lot of my demons out late at night, and uh, some people were at the end of it. And unfortunately, I uh, I had to go through that and learn the hard way. And I found MMA afterwards. I actually started MMA, I think, after I uh, I, I did a small stint in the in the county jail here in, in Orlando. And uh, I was able to, uh, I don't know, like refocus and dedicate myself to something. And that gave me like a purpose kind of in life, uh, larger than just living life. You know, sometimes we'll hear the cliche about how sports can kind of uh, alter your life into a better into a better direction. Do you look at MMA in that light? I guess so. I don't know. I think I was just always born to do this type of stuff. You know, not many people are, are like... Uh, good or like are good at getting hit and and being in pain and getting hurt mm-hmm. and suffering loss and s- losses and setbacks time after time and not having money and not having this and not having that and having pressure and uh, an MMA fighter has to go through all that and a champion sometimes has to overcome a lot of these obstacles and I've been trained for a, from a young age, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was blessed enough to have a nice home over my head and food in my belly. But um, my parents worked really hard. They came from a third world country, so I know what, like, a hard work ethic is. And I know, um, I know what it takes to become a champion, you know what I mean? I've been around guys all my life from, um, from a young age that dedicate themselves to sports and... Uh, and yeah, I fuck around and I smoke my pot and I drink my beer, but uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a different breed. I don't I don't like I'm not scared to lose out there. I'm not scared to. A lot of people say it's like not scared to die. It's for me, it's not scared to lose. You know what I mean? It's like I'm out there to compete. And I'm not gonna wilter or like hesitate or or have that type of thing in my body. I'm there. I'm I'm alert. I'm thinking. And um, I'm waiting to pounce and intercept 
any any attacks and I'm ready to win basically and you come into this fight taking on Austin here Austin is a, a guy that a lot of people are, are very highly touting uh, undefeated kid um, you know, he's won a, a title there in the Midwest of course you've won a title up there in the Northeast especially for cage Titans uh, how do you evaluate him as an opponent he's a good opponent he's young he's got good wrestling but uh, other than that, I just think he's uh, he's any he's just you know at the end of the day you're fighting yourself in this sport and that's all I think about is like um, pushing myself and making sure I'm giving maximum effort every practice and every workout. You know, even when I'm fucking around and I'm just hanging out and I'm getting a, a swimming workout, I'm out there busting my ass doing 30 minutes of fucking swimming and underwater swimming. If I'm at practice and I'm taking it a little easy because my knee hurts or something, I'll go there and I'll still spar six-minute rounds a few mm-hmm. times. So even when I'm taking it easy, I'm always working hard. I'm always in shape. You can always ask all my partners. Um, I'm just a guy that's always re- ready to go. Even if I'm not in shape, I'm, my mind is strong enough to to will me through it. And uh, Austin Bashy is a, a great opponent. He's a great guy. I'm, I hope the best for him before and after. But like I said, I'm, I'm here. I'm better. And I'm just ready to stake my claim in Michigan and show everyone that night. Even if I don't ever come back, I'll show everyone that night a true, uh, a true like uh, performance. And uh, I, I plan, if, if everything goes well, I plan to be let loose in a flow state of mind and attack from every angle and and have a big show out there, man. I want people to go have oohs and ahs and remember this night. Maybe I knock him out. Maybe he knocks me out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm ready for war. Um, I'm very smart in there. I'm going to be calculated. And I'm, uh, I can be brutal sometimes. You know, I can take an ass whooping. So it's going to be fun, you know. I really don't care. I, I'm just ready to win. You mentioned about being smart in there, and you know I've I've heard other fighters talk about like there there can be this line of, of being a smart fighter, but but taking strategic chances in a matchup where you believe an opening is going to be. How, how do you kind of balance that that mindset of fighting smart, but also hey man, I can take this potentially a chance, but this could also be, lead to me finishing the fight. I don't know. I just let my. I let the fight dictate itself. Um, I really let everything just go freely. And, like, if he wants to go left, I'll let him go left. If he wants to go right, he can go right. If he wants to wrestle, he can wrestle. If he wants to kick, he can kick. I'm there to, to implement my style and um, just get him out of the way. He's a good guy. He has a great great technique great style but i'm looking to implement mine and um i'm just here to stop the 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 hype i'm also here to make my money and make my claim in michigan like i said i'd love to be back there and defend the title against uh any other michigan guy that everyone thinks is great any like i want the top guys if i get past him maybe they'll have me back but maybe they won't but i'll at least make a mark and everyone will remember that night. I think he's a great opponent. I think he's young. He's powerful. He should come with a lot of game. But there's five rounds, and I feel like I've I've tested the waters with some of the best. I'm not underestimating him. I'm usually overestimating all my opponents. I'm usually scared to death of everyone, but um, that's all my subconscious. And 
come come to reality November 12th, he's going to be a C-plus fighter, and I'm an A-plus fighter, and uh, I'm going to win. You mentioned about you would be interested in coming back to Michigan and fighting whoever that may be. Is that potentially Mando Gutierrez getting that fight rebooked? Oh, yeah. You're, I, I, I like that you... Uh, you said that you read my fucking mind. Like I, when I get to, well, I, uh, I'm from Florida, but I go around different states and different areas. New England was the last territory that I pretty much conquered. You know, the only guys that I didn't have, uh, didn't get to face are either in the UFC or in, are stuck in a Bellator contract, or in a con, or or, my, or or they're my friends that had the championship belts in the other promotions in the area or training partners. So I would love to go to Michigan, make my name known, stamp my claim, and uh, yeah, I'd fight Mando anytime, man. He knows he, he knows what's up. I would have done this. I would have done the same or worse than that kid that he fought on the Contender Series. And I'm not here to talk shit on anyone, but that would have been an easier fight. Austin's a way harder fight. He's got a a, a way better wrestling. Joe, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show to talk about this matchup. Come here, get a chance to get to know you. Of course, uh, let me know they can follow you on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Yeah, you can always find me on at Joey Starnuts on Instagram. My other Instagram got hacked by some uh, some Russian guys or something. I'm not sure. Um, definitely come check us out November 12th at the Hype Athletics Arena in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Lights out promotion. It's going to be an all-out event. War is at the table. There's going to be blood. It's going to be fun. Bring your kids. Bring your girlfriends. Hide your wives. Um, me and my boys will be out there. I'm going to bring me a sweetheart with me as well. Um, I will be having a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, November 12th, lights out. Come check us out. Austin Bashy's going to fall. I don't know what uh, what round, but he's going down. And I love you all. Joe the party. Out. And there you have my conversations with Kama and Joe. Appreciate both those men coming on this edition of the podcast. Kama talking about his decision to retire from mixed martial arts competition. And of course, Joe previewing his title fight there at Lights Out Championship number nine as he's going to be taking on the undefeated prospect, Austin Bashy, which uh, if Austin wins that fight, it would not surprise me one bit if his next fight is in the UFC. Now, one thing I did want to mention before I get out of here on this episode of the podcast was something I saw on Twitter and and I responded to it. I saw Eric McCracken had a post about one championship. Uh, apparently has a date for the state of Colorado. And this is something I'm going to be paying attention to over the next couple of months because the most interesting part about this is one championship has made it well known that they wanted to come to the United States and they wanted to run their rule set. However, back in 2019, they wanted to go to Hawaii and Hawaii told them that they would have to compete under the unified rules of MMA. And my understanding of, of that situation was the event was going to go forward with the unified rules of MMA, but the state of Colorado uh, apparently is going to uh, alter the rule set to allow one championship to to do what they want to do there in the state of Colorado. So I'm really interested to see what are the potential after effects of that. Going to be very interesting, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I, had, I had an interaction with someone on social media that I'm guessing was probably very pro one championship. And uh, I'll just say this to that person. There's a lot of people on the regulatory side 
that don't care for promoters who commission shop. And that's exactly what one championship did here. And uh, we'll see how this works out. Uh, not just for one championship, I think, but also how it works out for the state of Colorado going forward. Cause I think that's going to be a very interesting story to kind of pay attention to as time goes on. Now I mentioned, uh, I do apologize for not getting a midweek edition of the podcast out last week. We'll have a midweek edition of the podcast this week. Myself and Dale Gavala. We'll take a look back at uh, what happened last night at the UFC event. Unfortunately, another UFC event, uh, ends in injury with Calvin Cater suffering a knee injury. So send those healing vibes out to, to Calvin Cater. And of course for Arnold Allen, I, I I'll say this. I thought super classy in his post fight interview with Arnold Allen say, man, I, I wanted to come out and make a statement, but you know, you can't, he's like, I can't call for a title shot when I win this fight the way I did, even though, Arnold Allen did win on the judges' scorecards uh, in the first round. Of course, that fight ending there uh, with just, a, what was it? I think it was eight seconds at the start of the second round when ultimately, uh, you know, the Herb Dean comes in and stops that matchup. So send those healing vibes out to Calvin Cater and, of course, that New England cartel team as well. So uh, we'll see how that one plays out there. Of course, uh, myself and Daniel Yavon, we'll take a look back at what happened at UFC Vegas number 63 and uh, start to look ahead to what's going to take place this weekend in mixed martial arts action. Uh, I did watch the Bellator event. actually uh, did my Bellator rankings a little bit earlier on today. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that, what happened at Bellator as well. So appreciate you taking time out of the day. Download and listen to this episode of the podcast. New episodes come out every Sunday and every Wednesday on your favorite podcasting platform and radioinfluence.com.